0: sponsored by CuriosityStream, less than $12 a year and Nebula for free for a limited time only. In this video, it's just you and me and I, Justine, talking about what we liked and didn't like from Apple in 2020 and what we want to see from them in 2021. So arm bar that subscribe button and bell, and let's do this. Introducing iPhone 12. Going back to that original iPhone, you know, when Steve took the stage and he said, it's a internet communicator and a widescreen iPod, and, you know, a revolutionary phone, it's become so much more like, it's just replaced so many things. It's replaced my camera. I don't have to take a compass with me anymore. I don't have to use a map. It's just one by one, they've removed not just categories of products, but more and more things that those those categories couldn't do before.
1: Yeah, and I mean, even with like the iPad, it's just, it's so powerful.
0: Today, we are thrilled to introduce an all new, completely redesigned iPad Air
1: it's interesting that they like to call the iPad, not a computer. So it's kind of like Apple is really confusing sort of this marketplace of like, what is a computer? And what I like to think about is the way that kids are kind of brought up now where they're learning kind of in a touch first environment where like a mouse and sort of traditional keyboard is like, it's not the first thing that they're learning on. Like most of these kids are handed an iPhone and an iPad basically out of the womb like here you go here's something to entertain you so it's like that is being ingrained in their mind so it's it's kind of like what is this next generation going to look like when it comes to I mean basically everything like it it comes to like editing or communicating or writing like what is what is that going to look like because we don't really know yet because those kids are still kind of growing up and they're going to be the ones that are going to determine kind of what the future is because they learned such a different way than we all did.
0: Yeah, I know it's a total tangent, but that's my argument about touchscreen Mac, that at a certain point, the generation who grew up on iPhones and iPads are just gonna consider non-touchscreens to be broken. I, There's know the context.
1: I mean, even me knowing that my Mac is not a touchscreen, I'm still like, oh, I'm like, oh gosh, now it's smudged. I'm like, oh man. So yeah, I'm still touching my MacBook. We're so. in this
0: weird generation where phones are so powerful that they basically are computers. They just don't have big screens and keyboards. And I know Samsung is letting you hook them up to displays and mice and or mouses, sorry, and keyboards. And and I wonder if Apple will ever go that far and just say, here's your iPhone. It's got air computer on it. Now you put it down next to all your stuff and you can just use it like a computer.
1: I I mean, I feel like that we're getting to that point, but especially with like that M1 chip, just seeing how powerful that is. The
0: first chip designed specifically for the Mac and we call it M1.
1: It's just really shocking. And especially people don't understand like how powerful it is. Like just knowing that I edited this entire video on my MacBook, sitting on my lap with a blanket on my lap in front of a fire and the fans never turned on editing 4k video. It was just one of those things. I'm, i I never could have done this before. And it was just, it was amazing.
0: And you need that blanket and that fire because it's no longer hot enough to be a heat blanket by itself.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> you would turn the thing on and the fans would instantly start up like you even think about opening final cut. Your fans are already spinning. So it's just, it's really, really cool. It's going to be really awesome just to see when all of these, like, apps and everything are actually, you know, ready for M1.
0: it's a horrible thing to say, but this is the worst Mac chip Apple's ever going to make as well.
1: I know. That's what I keep thinking. I'm like, if this is the worst, wow. But the 13-inch MacBook, now I'm so into, like, having and carrying around, like, a small MacBook that it's like I don't want a 16-inch, but yet working in that 13-inch kind of space is... So small, like my eyes are hurting. I'm getting too old for this, <laughs> man. It was even like just this another shoot that I was on, like having just that 13 inch. It was just so small, like it fits into yeah. like the smallest of backpacks, and it was just like that 16 inch is so just massive. This is iPhone 12 Mini.
0: It's almost like the iPhone. 12 mini, I've had it in my pocket and then been looking around the house for it because it is so small. I don't feel it there. And the MacBook Air is the same thing. I've had it in my bag and thought, why haven't I packed this yet? And looked around trying to pack it because it was too light to be in my bag.
1: Yeah, it's really just, it's really something. And I'm just excited, like hopefully when Apple stores kind of open up again, like everybody can really just kind of experience this because it is something that you need to sort of see and try to really believe it.
0: Today, we're bringing 5G to iPhone. So you famously went on a hunt for 5G. Oh, God. Um. (laughs) That
1: was like the most fun
0: I had making a video in a really long time. Well, you were like the opposite of Sarah Connor because you were going like ding dong 5G.
1: I mean, to be able to get like a gig and a half down, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, this is (laughs) absurd. I could not believe it. Uh, But it is very spotty. It's like my sister, she's kind of um, like in like another area. So I went and visited her where... I would think that it would be, but it's like 5G is there, but it's that ultra wide band where are yeah. really going to see sort of those different speeds. And it was kind of cool though, because there were a few places that I actually was and I looked down I'm like, oh my gosh, I have it. And then I looked on the Verizon map and it shouldn't have been there. So I feel like they are kind of
0: expanding that. In a way, it's been a weird year for Apple because they announced 5G in a year where a lot of people aren't going around and traveling and leaving the house, but they also had the MagSafe Duo, which I feel like they invented for travelers. Like it's this ultra small, ultra convenient, magnetic, super cute, but really high-end expensive. You've got to be all in on the Apple ecosystem with a phone and a watch, maybe AirPods to get any use out of it. And then they announce it and they couldn't really mention travel at all. So people are just like, why? Why?
1: It would have been such a perfect travel companion, but I mean, it's really, really pretty. Like it is definitely, it's expensive and it doesn't even come with a charger. Yes, If it would have came with a charger, that would have been that would have made sense. That was one thing. I'm like, okay, I know you guys aren't giving us chargers with anything else, but like this is this is a charger. Like this is what we're buying.
0: There are also over two billion Apple power adapters out in the world, and that's not counting the billions of third-party adapters. So we are removing these items from the iPhone box. That's my compounded gripe for the year: is they took out the uh, AC adapter bricks, and then they sold MagSafe the. The regular one doesn't even have a removable cord. So it's got a really short cord that you can't change. And the Duo does have a removable cord, but neither of the chargers come with the adapter. And it just feels like something is fundamentally broken in that user experience.
1: I know. I was like, you know, I give it, I'll give you guys the, the the no iPhone or like nothing in the, the, the iPhone boxes. Like, that's fine. And I was like, I bought a charger and you didn't give me a brick. <laughs> yeah,
0: and but the HomePod the- mini has it.
1: Right, but the HomePod mini, I think, has the 20-watt charger. And then if you swap yeah. it with 18, it gives you like this red little circle or the, it was like an orange circle. I didn't even realize that I had switched them. And I was so scared. I was like, is my HomePod? What's wrong? Why are, you, why are you looking like a demon right now?
0: So do you have a default iPhone this year? Like a couple of years ago, I think most people would say it was the iPhone XS. And if you wanted a less expensive one, you could get the T- the 10R. But then last year, everything sort of reset. And it was the iPhone 11 is the default, but if you wanna spend a little bit more money, you could get the 11 Pro. This year, there's four of them. So where would you say is like the, the starting point?
1: Yeah, I mean, I just feel like the 12 Pro is a perfect phone.
0: This is iPhone 12 Pro.
1: If you wanna pay the extra, I mean, that's what I would recommend just because if you don't have that telephoto, like it does make a huge difference as far as like portraits concerned. And I think that really does make a big difference, especially if you're a content creator.
0: Yeah, and for the RAM too, like I, I the six gigabytes of RAM, I always appreciated it on the iPad, but now I'll like swap into Instagram and it won't reload. And then I'll swap into a game and it won't reload. It'll just be there. And it's it's really a different experience when it's not jettisoning apps and reloading them just because of memory pressure anymore.
1: For sure. No, it's it's super impressive.
0: And now we're gonna get extra features that take like depend on that RAM, things like uh, Apple Pro Raw uh, and the 60 frames per second HDR, uh, Dolby Vision stuff. And I think that it's just an investment. And again, I know that Apple will increment you to oblivion. Like it's just a hundred bucks more for every feature you want until it's like a thousand bucks more. But I think like those are one of them that that especially if you're going to keep your phone for two, three, four years, those will really pay off over time.
1: Yeah, and if you think about how much time you spend on your phone, I mean, it's it's kind of like, okay, is this something that you want to invest in? Because you really are investing in sort of this device that is probably going to power essentially like your entire life, you know? It's like, this is this is it.
0: This is the new MacBook Air with M1. It's, it's an interesting year because I feel like we have massive gains on the MacBook battery life. Like the MacBook Air, the MacBook Pro go up to like 17, 20 hours of battery life now.
1: The battery life is amazing. There was a Zoom call that I wasn't able to attend. So it was like a two hour call. So I recorded the call. Like I did an actual screen capture on my computer. And then I forgot to go back to it and turn it off. So I think I screen captured maybe like eight hours of video and the computer I thought was plugged in, wasn't plugged in. So then I went back, I stopped that recording and then I still didn't realize it wasn't plugged in. So basically all day plus that extensive recording and a live zoom session. And it was still, I mean, I still had battery life. Like at the end of the day, when I finally realized (laughs) it wasn't plugged in, I was like, how the heck is this possible?
0: It's, yeah, I have played uh, Zoom Dungeons and Dragons with my godkids for like three, four hours. I did all of MacBreak Weekly on Skype without plugging in. And I think I have like 65% battery life. You have to really want to try to kill it to make a dent yeah. in it.
1: It's so impressive.
0: And is this, I think this is going to be an inflection point. Like I know people are, are amazed by the performance, but I think really making MacBooks, why, essentially without you, know, without, you don't have to plug them in very much if you don't want to. I think that fundamentally, again, In a normal year, that would just be transformational. If you were traveling, if you were just out at a coffee shop, if you were at school or at work, it just changes your whole thinking around being plugged in all the time and that anxiety.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, it still changes it even now because I'm just knowing that like, okay, if I want to work at my table, like at the the kitchen, I can just bring it over there. I can go to the couch and it's just not having to worry about, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to freaking plug this in. Like, where's my cable? Where's the charger? And I even had to get one of those like extender cables, you know, that you can attach on to like the power brick. I mean, that's been such a savior. If anybody has not got those, definitely recommend because it'll help extend like the, the cable, but it's just not having to worry about charging all the time or if my battery is gonna die, it's, it's super, super helpful.
0: And would you say similarly for the MacBook Air as the default or MacBook Pro M1 as the default? No fan versus longer battery life, hundred more nits, but do you really need them? Here's the new 13-inch MacBook Pro.
1: I think you do because even <laughs> the brightness on the 13-inch, I just kept like hitting the the brightness to turn it up. I'm like, oh, shoot, it's already up all yeah. the way. And I think it depends what you're doing. But if you're doing video editing or photo work, like you're going to need that extra bit of brightness. And if you are doing more processor-intensive things, like I, I would definitely do the upgrade. And then it's also really hard because the storage options are very small. It's like the starting yeah. at 256, like you can't do anything. I mean, realistically, yeah. even just running the software or downloading any types of plugins, like that's going to fill up so quick. So I think like at least base 512 is what you're going to yeah. need to really do anything. And then you can always work off of external. I mean, I have like one of these OWC external eight terabyte Thunderblade drives, which yeah. I edit off of that. And it's perfect because it's like, I have all the storage I could possibly need.
0: And I also... I know a lot of people hate to hear it, but I also think if you're going to keep the computer for four or five years, get the 16 gigabytes because again, over the course of that period of time, 200 bucks isn't too much, isn't that much, and you never know what your workload is going to be even a year from now.
1: Yeah, I would definitely recommend upgrading the RAM before you did storage. I mean, obviously, like if you're if 256 is all you're going to do, then upgrade to have the RAM because you can still have external storage at any point.
0: With Apple Watch Series six, you can measure your blood oxygen right from your wrist. It wasn't the most revolutionary year for Apple Watch. There was no new redesign. And there was no like feature that people have been clamoring for for years, like always on display. But it's still really interesting to me how Apple iterates year after year and just keeps adding like the brighter always on display. And now the pulse oximeter. Uh, What was the year like for Apple Watch for you?
1: I'm a huge Apple Watch fan, although I'm not actually wearing it right this second. (laughs) (laughs) I was charging it and then because I've been doing like the sleep tracking. Me too. So when I yeah, so it's really cool because that has been my favorite feature. Which I guess it could be just in the watch OS update, but that gentle tap to wake up yeah is so amazing because it's like it, my day does not start by being shook awake by an alarm. It's just like this gentle, subtle tap, and I think that has actually helped me sleep better because I'm not like all night thinking like oh my gosh, I'm just like paranoid. When's my alarm going to go off? So. That I think has been a really cool shift and just being able to, I guess, track like the blood oxygen level, I think is very fascinating, especially
0: yeah.
1: with COVID, like that being a big t- telltale sign of maybe something's not right. So just being able to have that extra kind of tracking, I think is really cool, but I really love the new watch bands. The yes. the infinite loop kind of band is, is really,
0: yeah. I've really cool. I've got the woven one on now.
1: Yes, I love the Woven One and it's nice too because you can wash it. It seems like it just washes a lot easier than some of the other ones too.
0: We call it Apple Watch SE. Do you like the SE or do you like, I just figure like if you're gonna get an Apple Watch again and you're gonna keep it, you might as well go for the six because it has every feature you could imagine. If If you're not sure and you're testing the waters, I think the SE is a really nice option, but just get all the things, especially that always on.
1: Yeah. I mean, you just think about it, that the always on is really cool. The, the extra brightness, I think made yeah. a, a big more, like it was actually a bigger difference than I thought it would. And I mean, yeah, it just, really depends. Like, do you want to spend the extra money on it? And if you mm-hmm. do have it, like this is, again, these are like investments. Like you have to think like, how long am I going to keep this thing? Yes. So I kind of do that same thing as well. It's like, well, is this going to be a device that I'm going to keep for a really long time? Then I'm going to invest you know, a little bit extra.
0: But, you know, to your point, I am forgetting to charge it now because I used to just charge it every night. And now I, I use the sleep tracking and I wake up and I just wait for it to, to buzz me and say, I need to be charged. And then I put it on and then I'm walking around without it. And I feel it's not there. Yeah. And then, like it does send you a notification, but it's, it's it's not scheduled for me anymore. It's not a routine. Yeah.
1: And usually I'll put it on before I work out since I didn't work out today. I didn't even end up putting it back on because that's usually like my routine would be like, okay, I would go take a shower and then I would have a uh, an Apple Watch charger in the bathroom. So as soon as I get in the shower, yeah. I'll charge my Apple Watch. And then by the time I'm getting ready for the day, it's done. And that's always like, it's it's it charges very quickly, which is really yes. nice.
0: So do you have any big dreams for 2021 from Apple? Any big requests? Any big hopes?
1: Wow. Well, this M1 chip has... seriously really changed kind of like everything. I feel like right now, obviously it's optimized for a lot of like Apple specific apps, but if that's what you're using, I mean, it is so incredibly fast and so incredibly powerful. You know, I'm editing a video faster than I would on almost like a hundred thousand dollar machine on my Mac pro. I'm like, what is this? So I'm just excited about the future of this because what this means or like the Apple future is just, it's going to be really fascinating to to sort of see how it all
0: unfolds. One day you're going to get to unbox your Apple Silicon Mac Pro. Oh my
1: gosh, I'm, re- I'm ready.
0: What would you like to see from the iPhone next? What could Apple do to make it even better for you?
1: I think maybe making a better front facing camera. I mean, obviously it's pretty good, but I think the advancements that they've made with like the HDR, that has been really fun to edit and it's, it's hard to sort of show that if you're just exporting SDR content, but man, when you see like, you know, when you're able to like pull down those highlights and really you know save some of that data, it's really, really fascinating. So, I mean, obviously I think I was going to say battery life, but man, the battery life on the pro max is great as well. So I don't know. I just, I would like something that they would kind of surprise us where it's like something that we didn't know that we needed. And they're like, Hey, check this out. This is what we did.
0: As always, you can find the full extended version of this chat up on Nebula. That's the streaming video platform I'm building along with my education y creator friends Alex, the low spec gamer, Jordan Harrod, Tech Alter, Epos Vox, Real Engineering, Real Science, and so many more. It's a place where We can put up extended and bonus content without having to worry about demonetization or the tyranny of the click-through rate or watch time or algorithms or ads. And you can find full-length versions of my chats with Justine, Jonathan Morrison, John Gruber, Walt Mossberg, and many more. Also, all of my videos completely ad-free, including Apple Talk, my new psychology of technology podcast with psychotherapist Georgia Dow, which has bonus topics available only on Nebula. So what does any of this have to do with CuriosityStream? Well, they're just the go-to source for the best documentaries on the internet and they love educational content and educational creators. And so we worked out this deal where if you sign up for CuriosityStream with the link in the description, not only will you get CuriosityStream, but you'll also get a Nebula subscription. And for a limited time, CuriosityStream is offering 41% off for the holidays. That's less than $12 a year and even better best deal, just the best deal in streaming. So click the link in the description and get CuriosityStream for 41% off and Nebula for free. Or you can go to curiositystream.com slash Rene It's a great way to support this channel and educational content directly for less than $12 per year. Just click the link in the description or go to curiositystream.com slash Rene And clicking on that link really helps out this channel. For a ton more on all of Apple's upcoming products, click the playlist above. I've got in-depth previews and explainers, and I'll tell you everything you need to know. So just click the playlist and I'll see you in the next video.